And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to, and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ. And comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. Now, this hour on Hollywood 360, it's the conclusion to the Burns and Allen show from 1941. Then, Lamont, Cranston, and Margot Lane take a vacation cruise to Haiti that turns terrifying on the shadow from 1938. And by my side is my co-hostess with the most, this Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. What's happening in Hollywood? Well, we are going to be talking about the highest paid actors this hour. This, again, is from Forbes. Uh, from June 2015 to June 2016. Okay. The controversy here is the highest paid actresses are paid significantly less than the highest paid actors. Okay. So that seems to be a point of uh, controversy and right. conversation. But right. Okay. We'll save that for another day. Got it. So the highest paid actor at $64.5 million. Well, it's either going to be Leonardo DiCaprio or Harrison Ford. What do you think? Am I- I don't think you're right. I, for once, Leonardo DiCaprio is number 15 on the list. What? And Harrison Ford is number 20 on the list. Are you kidding no, me? No, Harrison Ford at 15 million and Leonardo DiCaprio at 27 million. So, this is 64 and a half million dollars. I have no idea who it could be. It's Dwayne Barak. What? Johnson. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. What? He's in the. He's got a good agent. Yeah, he's in the whole uh, um, Ballers television show. Yeah, and but then, he's in the, was it Fast and Furious movies? Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, but wow, that's a lot of That's a lot of lot money. A lot of dough. Right? He's great, don't get me wrong. I, 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 I like him a lot. I, I think know. he's fantastic, but um, he's I, the highest paid yeah, actor. Yeah, wow. last year, I think it was Robert Downey Jr. He's Could down be. to number nine at uh-huh. $33 million. Right, wow. So um, these guys uh, know what they're doing. They rake in the dough, Ray me. We clearly do not no, know what not, we are that doing. No, not that kind of dough, <laughs> that's for sure. All right, it's time now for the conclusion to the Burns and Allen Show. Let's go back to October 7th, 1941. Paul, here we are together on the Swan Show, and believe me, I'm thrilled. Ah, thanks, George, and that goes double for me. Oh, please, Paul, this is a soap program. You mean, that goes bubble for me. (laughs) Gracie's right, George. Yeah, but this, only this time. Listen to this, Paul. Gracie went into a grocery store, and what do you think she came back with? I don't care what it is. Just drag it out, brother. I'm star. (laughs) You don't understand, Paul. Gracie went into a grocery store, hired a grocery clerk as a singer on our program. You said it. When there's something to be done, I do it. Oh, yes, and fast, fast. I don't sit and let grass grow under my feet. (laughs) Never mind. Don't bother with it, Gracie. There's nothing to get excited about, George. I once hired a trumpet player for 300 bucks a week, and he couldn't play a note. 
I worried for months, but it turned out okay. How? I lost 85 pounds. <laughs> well, off you, it looks good. Say, <laughs> What'd you do with your old suits? I subdivided them. You subdivided them? Yes, each suit made ten bundles for Britain. Well, Gracie, will you take the phone? He subdivided them. That's the silliest thing I... Gracie, take the phone. I got it. What do you want me to do with it? Take the receiver off the hook and answer it. Yeah, oh. Oh, it's a new invention there. Hello? Oh, hello. George, it's Jimmy Cash. Well, as long as you've got him signed, tell him to hurry over. I'd like to hear him sing. George says to come right over. What, Jimmy? Really? Well, I'm thrilled for you, too, Jimmy. Georgie's so excited he can't talk. Well, he should be. Imagine selling rhubarb to Hedy Lamar. <laughs> you don't know what that means to me. What's that, Jimmy? Really beautiful, huh? Oh, not that gorgeous. Oh, oh, we'll see for ourselves when you get to the broadcast. He's bringing Hedy Lamar? No, the rhubarb. Oh, the... <laughs> Gracie, tell him to get over here. Uh, Jimmy, George says to... What, Jimmy? Oh, all right. Goodbye, Jimmy. He can't leave until he sells 20 more pounds of potatoes. Gracie, this whole thing is ridiculous. You can't find a singer in a grocery store. Oh, no. That's the trouble with having brains. People tell us geniuses, you can't do this and you can't do that. They told Eli Whitney the same thing, but he went ahead and invented the electric light anyhow. Gracie, in the first place, there was no electric light in Eli Whitney's time. There must have been. How could he invent it in the dark? All right, so he invented the electric light and the light, and let's forget the whole thing. Well, sure, after all, the electric light isn't so important. Hmm. It isn't half as important as the button. As the button, yes. Because if you, if you couldn't press the button, you wouldn't you get the light. the light, I guess. Yes. Then if you didn't have a light, you, you couldn't, couldn't find, find the, the button. button. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Gracie, what I'm trying to explain is this, you so see... So I really think Eli Whitney deserves all the credit. As long as you're giving out credits, what about Whitney's mother? A beautiful painting. <laughs> I'll tell Whistler's father when he comes in. And answer the phone bell, will you? Okay, George. Hello? Gracie, it's for you. Heck. Hello? Oh, hello, Jimmy. What? Oh, I see. Oh, he's on his way, huh? No, he still has to sell ten more pounds of potatoes. Will you tell him to get over here right away? Uh, John says you better get over here right away. What? Well, of course that's more important. George, he's cleaning out a pickle barrel. <laughs> he's cleaning out a pickle barrel? Now, don't forget you're going to sing in our program tonight, Jimmy. Mine, your voice sounds so lovely, too. So nice and deep. What? Oh, you're in the barrel. Oh, well. <laughs> Everything happens to me. Jimmy Cash is supposed to sing here or no Jimmy Cash. Gracie, you'll have to take his place. Well, Judge, I don't know anything about selling potatoes. I don't mean that. Well, I'm certainly not going to get into a pickle bar. I don't mean that either. You'll have to sing for cash. Hey, that's the first time I ever got paid. Excuse me, Gracie, there's a couple outside to see you. The girl says her name is Hilda. Oh, Judge, that must be Hilda. Yeah, it wouldn't be a good surprise if it's Hilda. I wouldn't either. Oh, please, Gracie, go find out what she wants. All right. Oh, Gracie, there's a fellow with her, and his name is Olaf Swan. Bill, it's Sven, not Swan. I talked him out of it. <laughs> well, nice talking. Talked him out of it. And answer the phone. Okay. Hello? What? Oh, no, but I'll take a message for her. Oh, okay, goodbye. 
Who was that? George is Jimmy Cash. He'll be here as soon as he sells five more pounds of potatoes. Well, that's fine. Say, George, listen, maybe you're getting upset over nothing. You know, this kid may turn out to be something great. You mean Gracie just walks into a grocery store and just like that discovers something great, huh? Well, sure. Bill, you can't find anything great in a grocery store. Oh, now, wait a minute, George. You can't talk that way about swan soap. Swan soap? Who's talking about swan soap? Now, look, didn't you just say that you can't walk into a grocery store and find something great? Yeah, but... Oh, so swan soap isn't great, I didn't say that. Why, listen, it's the greatest white floating soap you ever saw. Swan gives you a rich, creamy lather even in the hardest water. It's pure, ideal for the baby. Bill, it's the most Bill, wonderful. Bill, will it's... you listen to me? You're beginning to act just like Gracie. And what's wrong with Gracie? Uh, a fine guy you are talking about your wife behind her back. Now, look, Bill, let's start all over again. Forget Jimmy Cash. Forget Gracie. Forget Swan soap. Forget Swan? Why, Swan is the kind of soap you can't forget. I know that, it but... It smells so fresh and clean. I know it that. It feels so nice and smooth. I know that, but... It's firmer than old-style floating soaps. And Swan lasts and lasts and lasts. You get more real soap for your money. I know that, Bill. Now, just keep calm. Now, just try Swan. Look for the green wrapper with the white swan on the front. What a soap. Bill, I said you win. Now, calm down. Swan is wonderful. Gracie is wonderful. Jimmy Cash is wonderful. How do you know? Have you ever heard him sing? Oh, no. Well, then how can you be such a dope and sign a guy you never even heard? I didn't sign Yes, you did. Gracie signed him. Oh, forget it, Paul. Will you answer the phone? Hello. Hello, what? Okay, kid, I'll tell her. What is it, Paul? The singer will be here as soon as he sells eight more pounds of potatoes. <laughs> eight more pounds? He just said five. Well, a customer brought back three pounds. Hmm. <laughs> I can't make my mind up which I hate more, Jimmy Cash or potatoes. George, if you're worried about a singer, I've got a kid in my band who plays the guitar, and he's not bad. Now, look, Paul, not me. I had a South American guitar player last year, and he gave me a headache all season. But this kid's great. Well, who is he? Hey, no te acuerdas de mí? Yo estaba el año pasado cantando muy bien. Gusté mucho. ¿Te acuerdas? Oh, Yo soy Paul, give me an aspirin. ¿Para qué necesitas una aspirina? Look, no... Senor Lee, I don't want to have any trouble with you again this season. Uh, now, wait, Senor Burns. My very handsome, intelligent, talented young man. And boy, am I carrying the good neighbor policy too far. <laughs> I am a singer. Senor, I heard you sing. And you're not the type I'm looking for. Why not? During this summer, I had my own radio program in Mexico. I called myself the Lone Ranger. Hmm. Well, that's, that's not very original. Oh, but I was much more up to date. When I came on the air, I hollered, Hi-ho, aluminum! <laughs> Paul, I'll talk to you later about that guitar player. I, uh, I even sang in opera. I know, but I'm looking for a different type. You I made my it... big hit in the Barber of Barcelona. Barcelona? Si, senor. You mean the Barber of Seville? Well, business was so good, he opened up a branch. <laughs> Senor Lee, this, this year, leave me alone and just pick on your guitar, will you? I've got my own troubles. Gracie, did you see Hilda and Olaf? Hot set. <laughs> well, she saw them. Well, Senor Lee, what are you doing here? Imagínate que contrataron otro cantante después de todo lo que yo gusté el año pasado. ¿Qué te parece eso? Oh, so what? A lot of people bet on the Dodgers. <laughs> Never mind. Gracie, what did you do with Hilda? Well, I put her in the audience. There she is in the fourth row. Wave to her. I'm waving to her. Hello, Hilda. Gracie, she's not waving back. It's her day off. Oh, it's her. <laughs> Gracie, while you were outside, that singer from the grocery store called and said he'd be right over. Thanks, Paul. 
Gracie, what kind of a voice has this new discovery of, you, of yours got? Well, um, when I first heard him, he sounded like he had a mouthful of potato chips. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that was maybe because he did have a mouthful of potato chips. Sounds like he's got a voice that'll hit you right smack dab in the eye. It did. George, I'll take back the aspirin. The aspirin, I thought so. Uh, Gracie, what Paul means is what kind of a voice has he got? Does he, what does he sound like? Oh, well, why didn't you say that? Uh, did you ever hear the Merrimack? Uh-huh. Well, he sounds like Max. <laughs> he sounds like Max? Well, sure. He's not a girl. He couldn't very well sound like Mary. <laughs> oh, the... Mary Max. Sure, you guessed it. I made something up, I guess, yes. It came to me like a flash. Yes. <laughs> Look, the Mary Max happened to be four people. Can you compare them with one person? Oh, sure. Bing Crosby. Now, Gracie, stay that way and don't let your mind wander. Jimmy Cash sings like Bing Crosby. They're exactly alike. Well, good. Of course, Jimmy's low notes aren't as round as Bing's, but then again, Bing's rolled oats aren't as brown as Jimmy's. <laughs> uh, Bing's rolled oats aren't as brown as Jimmy's? Huh? <laughs> That's a pretty silly question, George. I'll, uh, I'll admit that. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Maybe I can think of a silly answer. Oh, quiet, quiet. Say, stop kicking Crosby around like that. You know, he was my discovery. Oh, we know that, Paul. Come in. I sold the potatoes. Well, finally <laughs> arrived, folks. So, you're Jimmy Cash. Oh, that's Jimmy Cash. <laughs> you're looking at the rhubarb. Oh. <laughs> Pardon me, that's fine. Now, Jimmy, I want you to meet everybody. This is Paul Weichman, and this is Bill Goodwin. I'm George Burns. You'll have to await your turn, sir. <laughs> you're not in a grocery store. Now, George, he's my discovery, and I want to talk to him. You'll talk to him later. Now, come here, kid. Now, don't get nervous. There's nothing to get nervous about. Uh, did you ever sing before? Yes, sir. In theaters? No, sir. On the radio? No, sir. Where, sir? Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, where did you sing? At sociables. <laughs> At uh, sociables? Uh, well, uh, at sociables, huh? <laughs> well, uh, let me hear you sing. I'm nervous in front of a crowd, sir. Paul, give me back the aspirin. Yes, sir. <laughs> but there's nothing to be nervous about, No, kids. Jimmy, look at that audience. Why, they love you. Well, just look at all those friendly faces. Well, what about that woman out there? Where? The one who's sleeping. Hilda, will you get up? <laughs> Please, George. You know it's her day off. Well, all right, Hilda. Go back to sleep again. Gracie, you'll never get this kid to sing. Yes, I will. Now, just leave it to me. Come here, Jimmy. Now, go ahead and sing. MGM might hear you, and overnight you'll be a star. And in the morning, you're married to Lana Turner. Now, go ahead and sing. <laughs> Start, Paul. The kid won't open his mouth, huh? Try Betty Grable. Oh, Betty Grable or Anne Sheridan. Go ahead, Jimmy, sing. <laughs> Probably holding out for baby Sandy, I guess. Please. Now, Jimmy, uh, 
And you like being a grocery salesman, don't you? I certainly do. Now, how would you like to be the greatest grocery salesman in the world? Gee, would I? Well, tomorrow I'm coming into your store, and I'm going to buy 28,000 pounds of potatoes. Oh, boy. Mr. Burns, can I go now? There's somebody waiting. Who, your sweetheart? No, a customer for the rhubarb. Goodbye. Wait a minute. Say, Jimmy. Oh, Judge, don't worry. Don't worry. I've got him signed. I I made him put a John Henry right on the dotted line. Here's the contract. Well, that's great, Gracie. I hereby agree to work for George Burns and Gracie Allen for the entire season. Signed, John Henry. (laughs) John Henry? His name is Jimmy Cash. Well, sure, as I said before, I don't sit and let the grass grow under my feet when things are done, I do them, and I always know when people gotta do them. Well, Gracie, the show is over. Oh, I'm sure nervous. (laughs) Well, Cash, you're all invited to come over to the house and have something to eat. Oh, please, Judge, you you know it till the day off. Oh, yes, I forgot that. Well, come on, let's go. What's your hurry? I've got to cook dinner for Hilda. Oh, for Hilda. Good night, folks. (laughs) Lever Brothers, the makers of Swan, the new white floating soap, join George and Gracie in inviting you to tune in again next week, same time. Until then, this is Bill Goodwin saying, well, hi, Swan. Why don't you? And that's the Burns and Allen Show, October 7th, 1941. Gracie signs a new singer to the contract. That singer is Jimmy Cash. That's the very first show for Swan Soap, as heard on KFI, the Red Network. Let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, the- Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to hollywood 360 radio and receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back to Hollywood 360. It's time for The Shadow. Let's go back to October 30th, 1938 for The Isle of Fear. Here's The Shadow. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Your local blue coal dealer presents The Shadow. These half-hour dramatizations are designed to forcibly demonstrate to old and young alike that crime does not pay. The shadow, whose life is devoted to protecting the innocent, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young bachelor amateur criminologist, master of other people's minds. Only his friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, 
knows that Cranston and the Shadow are one and the same. Today's story, The Isle of Fear. Mr. Dupre, I'm certainly glad you persuaded Miss Lane and me to leave the cruise ship at Port-au-Prince. Spend a few days here on your plantation. I don't know when I've had such a wonderful dinner. It's been grand, Monsieur Dupre, and I had no idea Haiti was so beautiful. I am delighted you could break your Caribbean cruise and allow me to return the hospitality you both extended me when I visited New York. I must apologize for the storm, Mademoiselle. May I offer you more wine, Monsieur Constant? Thank you. By the way, Monsieur Dupre, yes? while we were driving up from Port-au-Prince, I thought I heard drums in the hills. Drums strangely like the old drums of African voodoo. You did, monsieur. I had hoped you had not noticed. But why, monsieur Dupre? Mademoiselle, Haiti is beautiful. But its people, in spite of centuries of French, English, and American influence, remain at heart African. Their bodies are free, but their minds remain the slaves of voodoo. But I thought voodooism had been stamped out of the West Indies. Voodoo does not die, monsieur Constant. Its followers may think they have forgotten the old gods. They may wear civilized clothes, but voodoo is always there. In their primitive minds and souls, waiting. When was the last outbreak? Only ten years ago, Mademoiselle Margot. It was on a night very much like this. For days the drums had been calling from the hills, where in the grottoes of Sanssouci, a mad Prince Henry was paying his customary visit to Kaon, the high priest of voodoo. Kion needed human victims for his ritual of the blood. Kion! Kion! The Prince Henry Pretender has come to the grotto of Sanssouci. What does he want? This fool who thinks the blood of the Emperor Henry Christophe courses his shriveled veins. He comes to offer his victims for the festival of the blood moon. Children and all these political enemies. Let him enter. Enter, Prince Henry. Kaon, great priest of voodoo, will hear you. Kaon, in three days the festival of the blood moon begins. Where are your victims, Kaon? Where are the blood sacrifices you must offer the snake gods of voodoo? They will be found, Prince Henry. You are sure, Kaon? Yes. I know you have come, as always, to offer me the families of your enemies. And your enemies are many. I, like the trees of the jungle and the stalks of cane in the valley of San Suzy. You will find the sacrifices for me, Prince Henry. You will find them. That's the first portion of The Shadow. We'll get back to it after these words. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now, let's get back to the shadow. Hush, my baby, hush. Okay, on the ugly, we'll take you away to the grotto. Be quiet, woman. Oh. In two days, the festival begins. And no one knows who Kaon shall choose. Oh. Who is there? Open your door. <laughs> Give me that child. Oh. No. Here is no. child. Kaon has chosen. Francois, you read me last month's report of shipment from the plantation warehouse. Yes, monsieur. There are 200 casks of rum, 
40,000 pounds of ore sugar, 20,000... Master, Master, the mistress, Kern has taken her, taken her to the hills of San Susi. Nisi Dominus Rustra, Sicit Patribus Sif Deus Nobus, merciful God, in thy power and wisdom, give me strength against the powers of evil. Help me, O Lord, to protect my innocent flock. Lead the erring from the paths to the hills, where the devil's disciples of voodoo consecrate their worship of heathen gods with human blood. Stand back, priest! Stand back, fairness to the name! Thou shalt take no child from this house of God! Stand back, priest! Stand back! Name! Wait! Wake up, prisoner of fire! Let the old life may rejoice! That, Mademoiselle Lane, this happened only ten years ago. It was very sad. Oh, horrible, Monsieur Dupont. Did the voodoo priest actually murder those children and that planter's wife? They and many more were sacrificed to the snake gods of voodoo, Mademoiselle. Oh, horrible. Can't the authorities do anything? They are helpless, Monsieur Constant. Do you hear that drum? It is sundown. They are starting again. It may mean nothing. The drums often beat in the hills. But we live in constant dread of another orgy of blood, such as we had ten years ago. There is something sinister about it. Unearthly. Quite, Mademoiselle Margot. To follow the sound of that drum would be to turn back the hands of time and civilization a thousand years. Mon père, ah. I've come to say good night. Well, good night, my son. Over to it. Mademoiselle Lane, Monsieur Constant, this is my son. Ah. How do you do? Hello. Uh, how do you do, Mademoiselle Lane? I'm glad to know you, Monsieur Constant. My father has spoken of you. You are staying a few days? Yes. Only a few days. You must hurry back to New York. Oh, but you will be here tomorrow. The storm will clear and we can ride. I have a fine horse for you, Miss Lane. Oh, thank you, Juan. I'd love to ride with you. And good night, mademoiselle, monsieur. Until tomorrow. Good, good night, night, Juan. Good night, mon père. Good night, my son. We tell Francois to make sure the garden gates are locked and the doors barred. Oui, mon père. Some more wine, Monsieur Constant? Oh, thank you. Monsieur Dupre. Yes? You spoke of those drums as if there was some particular significance. There is, monsieur. Tonight of all nights. It is the eve of the festival of the blood moon. You, you mean voodoo? Yes, mademoiselle. Voodoo is like a plague. For years it may lie dormant, but sooner or later the priests of voodoo recall their own. And they slip into the jungles like ghosts. The drums begin. But surely there'll be no human sacrifices, not now. Voodoo does not change, Mademoiselle Margot. That is why my gates are locked, the doors barred. Ah, but come, my friends. You have not interrupted your short holiday in the Caribbean to listen to tales of horror and death. On the contrary, I'd like to get your first-hand opinion on the actual powers of these fanatic priests. Forgive me, Monsieur Cranstone. I cannot speak of voodoo as an academic thing. It is too close. Has, has this man, Kayon, ever chosen anyone from your plantation? Mademoiselle Margot, I think you will understand when I tell you that the planter's wife, who was taken into the hills of Saint Souci ten years ago tonight, was the mother of the boy you met a few moments ago. My son, 
Oh, forgive me. You could not know. Oh, forgive us, Monsieur Dupre. We'd only stop to oh, think. Please. It was I who first spoke of Voodoo. It is I who cannot forget Kayon. Cannot rest until one day I find that murderous devil and kill him as he killed my beloved wife. The drums. Listen to them. Carrying a message into the hills. Another victim. Another human sacrifice to the snake gods of Udo. Monsieur Dupree, uh, Monsieur. Monsieur Sly, you are bleeding. They sprang upon me at the gates. One has been chosen. Oh, my son. Where is he? Chaos men have taken him to the grottoes of Sans Souci. Shouldn't be outside the gates. Any news of one? No. We've ridden all through the valleys the whole day, even into the hills. Where is Monsieur Dupre? In the hills. He wouldn't come back. Oh. He hopes to follow the signal fires after sundown, but I'm afraid it's madness. They'll kill him. Where are all the servants, Margot? Gone. The native quarters are deserted. Where have you been, Lamont? We've been everywhere. It's like riding through a land of the dead. I'm afraid it's hopeless, Margot. No, Lamont. There's one chance. One chance. What do you mean, Margot? About an hour ago, an old woman came out of the cane breaks and spoke to me. She said she would take me to see Kale in the Festival of the Blood Moon if I would give her my diamond ring. It's a trick to get you into the jungle. I know it's a trap, but I told her I'd meet her on the jungle trail an hour after sundown. Are you mad, Margot? But Lamont, it's a chance, a slim chance of finding poor little Juan. What good would it do for you to find him, Margot? You'd only die with him in the hidden grottos of San Susi. I'll risk it to save Juan. I'll risk it if you'll come with me as the shadow. As the shadow? If the shadow could humble their priest, they'd listen to you. Let me meet the old woman in the jungle. Let the shadow follow us to the grottoes. If you don't, poor one will be murdered just as they murdered his mother. Oh, please. Please, Lamont. It's madness, Margot. Sheer madness. But we'll try it. than anything in this world, Lamont, but we can't. I know. Be careful, Margot. The old woman may be near here. What are you going to do when we meet her? I'm going to make her fear you more than she fears Kaon. I'm going to... Shh. Huh? Quiet, Margot. <laughs> Don't be afraid, mademoiselle. All Kaon will not hurt you. Give me the flashing white stone and I will show you things which no white woman has ever looked upon before and live. Here. Here's the ring. Ah, even in the dark, it flashes like the fires of the blood moon, which comes soon to the hills. Hurry, follow. You must not be late. <laughs> Wait, Kyle. Who laughs? Who speaks? Ah, talk of a woman you have not come alone. I, I am alone, Guile. You lie. I heard the voice, the voice of a man. No, Guile. I'm alone. Alone, Guile, but in 
the darkness beside her walks a shadow. A shadow? Yes. A shadow stronger than the voodoo of Gaon, your master. That is a trick, a lie. For that you die. Don't move, Gao. Don't raise that knife. Let it fall to the ground, Gao. Your fingers cannot hold it. Cannot hold a knife. Let it fall to the ground. Elder. Elder, forgive. Uh, you are a priestess. A priestess of many forces. Ah, take back the ring. Forgive. Have mercy. Forgive. Get up, Gao. Uh, Lead the way to the grotto of Keon. Yes. Go. Yes. Or you will stand forever like a stone image in the jungle. And the snake gods will burn your soul in the fires of the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, Mademoiselle Lane. See, I have not disobeyed you. You hear the natives, Chan? I have brought you to the grotto. Where is Kaon? Where are the victims who are to be sacrificed to the snake god? Ah, come along the great ledge beyond the altar of sacrifice. Keong is there with the victims bound in chains. Oh, but wait, Mademoiselle, wait. Be careful, Gaio. You've been warned. Oh, Mademoiselle, you go alone. Do not make me take you to Keong. If your powers are not greater than his, he will slay you. Ah, uh, he will slay me. Oh, mercy, Mademoiselle, mercy. No. Shadow. No. Shadow, what shall I do? Huh? Mademoiselle, why don't the voice answer you, huh? Where is this power in the darkness? Has it fled in terror before the fires of chaos? It has! It has! Chaos! Chaos! I have brought you another victim of yours to follow on! Any Mongo, the time has come. Don't show fear or they'll kill you. Look here, look, a beautiful woman with skin like ivory. The hour has come. The old gods await the proud blood of this woman. Hear me, O Pisa. By all the powers of Chaos, this power shall be our first. Bring the woman to the altar. Let the mountain hear and the dead stones of the grotto see her die. Beware, Keon. That girl is not afraid. In the darkness of the jungle, I heard a voice, a voice of the shadows. Be still, old woman. Gaio speaks the truth, Keon. Listen to her. She's right. I am not afraid of your voodoo god. I've come to guide one who is stronger than all your powers of voodoo. Of the earth, the sea, or sky. Yeah.
is this voice, woman? Let Kaon hear it speak. Call it from the shadows. Let it defy its faith against Kaon, against the gods of Pudu, who cry for blood. <laughs> I am here, Kaon. The voice, Kaon. What? What white devil's magic have you brought to this hidden place, Kaido? <laughs> Take care, Keon. You have challenged me, and I am here. Show sign of fear, and the savage rabble will turn upon you like beasts of prey. Great, Keon. Show thou art stronger than this voice of the shadows. Take the sword of Christophe and slay the girl. Her blood upon the altar's thorn will prove thy power. Take the sword. Look her white throat gleams in the light of the fires. Strike! <laughs> yes. Prove your strength, Keon. Try to raise the sword of Christoph from the altar. Try to kill this girl who has come to take your victims from you. Strike her if you can. It will not move. It is as if chains held it to the rock. What power is this that drains all strength from the body of Keon like water from a broken gourd? A power as old as Voodoo, Keon. The power of the mind. The power white men call hypnosis. The power you call the evil eye. The evil eye. Voice. Voice of the shadows. What angry god of voodoo sends you? I am more than a voice, Keon. I am here in the shadows. Though you cannot see me. Because I will it. Watch, Keon. I will prove to your murderous slaves... The white man's magic is stronger than all your voodoo sorcery. Watch the sword of Christoph. I will raise the sword. You could not move. Watch. Look. The sword rises from the rock with no hand lifts it. Ah, the people have seen. They no longer fear you. Kill the girl or they will murder you. Oh, voice of the shadows. Who are you? I will answer your question, Keon. I am the shadow. And here is the answer to your challenge, Keon. The broken sword of crystal. Margo, they believe you are a sorceress with greater powers than Keon. Pretend you are, Margo. Tell them the snake gods are angry and want no more human sacrifice. I'll try. I'll try. They're closing in on Keon. Goyo, the pretender prince. Don't try to stop them. Don't move, Margo. Watch and wait. Have you done to get this white priestess to this burn down? I can't. You must. They've slain Keon and his murderers. Now they'll turn to you. 
Command them to go back to the valleys, to their Christian churches. Tell them no harm must come to want to pray, or any of the prisoners, or this grotto will become a furnace of fire. They'll believe you now. They understand! Great white priestess, let the sacrifice begin. The blood moon grows pale in the sky, beyond the mouth of the grotto. No! There must be no more human sacrifice. The old gods are sick of blood. They command you to go back to your home. Back to the churches of the one God. Hear me! If harm comes to one of Kaon's victims, or to the boy Juan Dupre, this grotto will be filled with fire. The rocks will melt. The earth will tremble. They're wavering, Margot. Quick, take the broken sword. Flash the great drum. It is the heart of Voodoo. Hurry, then they will obey you. Get out! Get out of the grotto! Voodoo is dead! The white priestess has destroyed the great drum! to Haiti. In 12 hours, this plane will be in New York. How do you feel, Priestess? <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be the same, Lamont. But I don't regret it. Taking those children back to their parents and Juan back to his father. It was worth it even if I have nightmares for the rest of my life. And look, Margot. Capetian and the ruins of King Christoph's Citadel. From here, it looks like... like a tropical paradise. Maybe it will be, Lamont. Now that the shadow has broken the spell of voodoo. No, Margot. No one man can dispel the power of voodoo. Voodoo doesn't die. It merely slumbers. We have found once more that one of the greatest causes of human misery is ignorance. program has been a dramatized version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow Magazine, now on sale at your local newsstands. All the characters and all the incidents named are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. (laughs) The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay And that's The Shadow from October 30th, 1938. That's a very famous date, Lisa, because that is the date of the War of the Worlds, That uh, the date that Orson Welles scared half the country with his War of the Worlds broadcast. This was uh, sponsored by Goodrich Tires. It's heard on the Mutual Broadcasting System. Hope you enjoyed The Shadow. Let's take a break. Then it's more on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. 
Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com. Com and receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next time, it's yours truly, Johnny Dollar, my favorite husband. Have Gun Will Travel, I Was a Communist for the FBI, The Martin and Lewis Show, and Escape. From my co-host, Lisa Wolf, executive producer, Mike Costella, engineer Sam Wolf, Vince and Chris Lombardi, my crabby brother, Vince Amari, Adam West, and me, Carl Amari. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. To learn more about Hollywood 360 or to contact us, visit our website at Hollywood360radio.com. Adam West speaking.